Hello and welcome to the Yoga with Molly Off the Mat podcast. I'm your host Molly and in this podcast we talk all things yoga and life off of the mat. Let's get started. Good morning yogi friends. Um, This is another early morning edition of the podcast this week. Um, It's just coming up to 10 to 7 in the morning um, on a Friday and I'm feeling really good vibes uh, recording today, Um, not least because I feel like the last few weeks as I've been recording the podcasts, I really have felt so um, mentally and emotionally swamped (laughs) by by the wedding if you've been listening you will have you will have heard those episodes and this is the first week where i'm i'm starting to feel more like myself again and by that i mean my creativity is returning my curiosity is returning i yeah i was definitely really burnt out by the whole wedding process and i've kind of started to feel myself come back and my energy return and I'm just I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling so much better I got a little bit emotional this week when I was reflecting on it because the truth is as much as I had a magical wedding day and actually I'm so deliriously happy to be married that's what I always wanted I didn't like um having a wedding (laughs) even if I enjoyed my wedding day I just I found the process leading up to it and also um the past couple of weeks afterwards really hard and yeah I think it's I think it's a number of things I think it's the amount of pressure that is put on couples but probably also specifically the bride um and yeah, I did, you know, I couldn't really just put my finger on exactly one thing, but I just, I didn't like it. <laughs> and it's one of those things that I feel like you're not supposed to say. Everyone comes to you and says like, oh, you know, this is the most amazing and special time of your life. And I, you know, I, um, I felt really kind of alone and, and misunderstood, um, in my role as a bride, you know, my, my one solace is it definitely, I felt like I, I became closer with my husband because he, um, was seeing how everything was impacting me behind the scenes and was the one person I could talk to honestly, um, about it throughout it all. So I, I have, I have a lot of gratitude for that, but, ah, I'm catching my breath and I'm starting to feel happier again. Um, which is really great. Um, and I've been getting stuck back into yoga and not just doing the yoga, but teaching the yoga again this week, which has, you know, on the topic of my creativity returning, um, I, there's just a ton of stuff I feel excited to talk about on the podcast today. So let's get right into it. I was teaching a private client this week and by that I mean it was a one-to-one 
yoga class between me and another person and I actually thought what might be quite interesting because it's always something that I was very curious about um, as a yoga student but I always had I guess um, I always had concerns around the finance and the commitment of private yoga tuition and private yoga lessons you know I, I was really nervous that if I approached someone for a private yoga lesson that it a might not be something that was affordable to me and b would I have to commit to regular lessons and would someone be offended if I only wanted to have one lesson and then no more lessons um uh, after that and yeah I mean gosh we could read into that what we want but <laughs> I just thought it might be helpful um, to talk about my experience now on the flip side as a yoga teacher and my advice to students in seeking out um, in seeking out someone for private yoga instruction. So the the biggest difference I would say between going to an open yoga class and or any kind of yoga class where you're in a group setting versus working with someone privately is you have the opportunity to focus on personal goals together. So that's that's the first thing and typically whether it is a single lesson or multiple lessons, the first thing that you're likely to do with your yoga teacher um, and what I might do from this point onwards <laughs> is I'll talk a little bit about how I have been working with students because everyone will approach this um, a, a little bit different and we'll have different guidelines for, for how they work and, and for sure, you know, how much they charge and anything like that because people need to make a living as well. Um, but when I work with someone, the first thing that I really want to establish is, is there a goal that you're working towards? Now, Within yoga, what I think is is really interesting is for sure many people um, associate yoga with a physical practice. Now, my only perspective here is when it comes to physical goals is if I'm honest, I think yoga, you know, depending on how you practice it, um and yoga teachers as well, are an amazing resource if you have a mobility goal. And the reason I say this, I in the past have had mobility goals. So, you know, wanting to increase my range of movement in certain areas of my body. Um, and when I've tried to find a mobility coach specifically, I really, really struggled. <laughs> I really struggled to find um, a mobility coach, whereas actually yoga teacher trainings will cover mobility and anatomy in a lot of detail and there are an abundance of yoga teachers at lots of different price ranges. So that would be my, my first just note is I think that working with a yoga instructor privately one-to-one -one, if you have a specific mobility goal could be could be really helpful for you. Now for other things like strength um, and even injury prevention um, and prevention, right, rather than rehabilitation, um, I'm actually, and again, this is, this is not um, advice, <laughs> but just my observations, 
I tend to see that actually strength-based training, probably in other environments, more like gym-based strength-based training, working with weights um, and that kind of thing is, is probably going to be better. And it's not to say you can't incorporate that um, in, in yoga, because when you think about it, if you do things like a chaturanga, you're doing a push-up. <laughs> and um, if you are, gosh, depending on how you do your transitions, there is loads of stuff that you can be doing in yoga to fire the glutes, um, to make them active. But I think, you know, when it comes to injury specifically, um, injury as a result of weak or underactive muscles, my advice, you know, would, would probably be to work towards those goals with someone like, obviously a physiotherapist, um, but then you're probably going to be doing your physio homework, um, using a resistance band or potentially you're working with a personal trainer in a, in a gym environment. What I do do for people who come to me with strength-based goals is, um, I tend to offer kind of supplementary exercises that you can do, um, at the start and end of your day, right? So these are not to, not to replace a gym-based program, but the truth is, um, let's look at the glute muscles as an example. So one, and actually we'll talk about, um, maybe the glutes in, in a bit more specific, uh, detail in a moment, but, um, glutes are a really good thing to strengthen if you have been, I mean, they're a good thing to strengthen full stop, <laughs> um, for, for the health and, and yeah, well-being of your overall body, um, injury prevention. They, they do so much to keep our body safe and pain-free when, when they're functioning well. Um, but often what can happen is that if you have uh, maybe overly relaxed glutes <laughs> and they're not pulling their weight, <laughs> they're a little bit underactive, is the surrounding areas of the body have to do the work for them um, when you're doing things like going upstairs or lifting things up and just everyday tasks that you might be doing. And those areas may be uh, your back and your hips. So very often if someone were to come um, to a, you know, a movement practitioner and they're presenting, um, with back pain or, or hip pain, um, one possible contributing factor, right? But it really is just one and it doesn't speak to all of the other things that could be contributing here. Could be that they have underactive glutes. And one thing that is sometimes recommended during rehabilitation, so after you've had consultation from a GP, a physio, you know, or, or equivalent and you are recovering, would be to strengthen the glute in order to prevent that injury from, from reoccurring. Typically, you would be doing um, exercises, you know, at at a, at a gym and doing strength-based training a few times a week. But I think where a yoga teacher can maybe help as well is if there's things that you want to be able to do to just activate those glute muscles, yeah, not strengthen and grow, but just activate, <laughs> make sure that they are switching on. Because the other thing that you want to do in terms of body mapping is train that muscle to not only get stronger, but to be active more often, right? Um, so, you know, things that you could be doing when you first get out of bed in the morning, potentially things while you're still lying in bed, any simple exercises that you could be doing at the end of an exercise set, 
um, or after certain activities such as running maybe which can um, or even even thinking about during running as well um, thinking thinking about the style and stuff there so um, that that's all I'll say I guess on the physical aspect of um, of one-to-one yoga where I am really interested actually is kind of the spiritual emotional side of things and I'll talk a little bit about how typically a one-to-one yoga class is structured as well. Outside of the physical stuff, goals that someone might bring to a one-to-one yoga class and actually maybe one other thing I should have included in kind of the physical section would be alignment so if someone is coming to yoga classes and actually they're finding oh I'm feeling a bit insecure about the alignment of my downward facing dog um could be quite a common one I you know it feels like really hard work um I feel kind of constricted and awkward in my body is there anything that I could be doing to either um, you know, depending on what the the cause is to adjust this so that I'm not, you know, completely out of breath. (laughs) If, if it, if it's physical exhaustion, if it's a a strength based thing, um, or the other thing is just to make it more spacious, you know, all of our bodies are built different. And it means that when we go into different yoga poses, we may benefit from different yoga alignments. You know, one example of that is if someone were to say to you, stand um, hips distance apart with your feet hips distance apart, right? That kind of relies on you having some awareness of what the distance of your hips is. And some people feel very attuned to that and others just kind of a glancing around the room and trying to figure out what's everyone else doing or how far apart are the teacher's hips? <laughs> so how far apart should my feet be? So I think if there's if there's any areas of alignment where you you really want to understand um and and by the way, this is not a drive towards perfection, right? Perfecting your alignment. It's about comfort and freedom and spaciousness and injury prevention, right? Because if we set ourselves up in yoga in such a way that we're completely out of alignment, uh, so for someone with wide hips, for example, to be practicing yoga with their let with their feet together um, very often, or um, just cer- certain other poses that I, I know can lead to injury if done over long periods of time, because the body is not built to be able to support them. Um, and you, you would benefit more from the practice and be physically stronger and more mobile and happier in your practice if you made, if you made slight adjustments. So that's the only other, other physical aspect I, I would just add, which is really common, um, is, is for someone to, to want some, specific feedback, mentoring, and workshopping of certain poses, um, you know, that, that they're doing regularly within a yoga class. Down dog, handstand could be an example, or other more advanced poses like that. Um, someone to kind of hang out with them <laughs> and practice them uh, safely. Um, 
So it could be a, a postural specific um, goal, but I do stand by what I say in terms of, because I think about a person holistically, if their goal is is physical in general, you know, I want to get stronger or I want to get more toned or um, I want to be able to do the splits or I want to be able to get more mobile, um, you know, your, your yoga instructor uh, may or may not you know, recommend that you do some exercises together in person there and then um, in in your class. But I would say they're also very likely to use that time um, to advise you on things that you would do outside of the yoga mat as well. So the other element that I find really interesting is when someone comes to one-to-one yoga classes with emotional or spiritual goals um so um or one that is a little bit more of a mind-body connect right so examples of this could be um I don't feel very connected to my body yeah um common if you have experienced um, trauma in, you know, in lots of different varieties. Um, I don't feel very uh, connected to my body, um, in which case you may be working with a yoga teacher to look at practices to strengthen that connection between the mind and the body. So if if you are experiencing um numbness or just generally a feeling of of disconnection and again I think if you are if you are seeking out that kind of support um really important to be working with someone who is trauma informed um and and potentially you know advertises themselves in that way um and I I would also say you know look for testimonials ideally from people that you know so if you're working in um support groups or with um mental health care professionals or your GP or anything like that um just making sure I I think particularly if you are working with um trauma of some variety that you are working with someone who um is properly trained um, who, you know, with other people who will, who would vouch for them and, and recommend them. Um, and also I think, you know, you may want to schedule a telephone conversation or something like that with them prior to have a conversation around any questions or concerns you might have. A a really common one, um, would be assisting, you know, so um, some yoga teachers are quite hands-on at uh, at assisting um, in safe, respectful uh, ways and, and honouring honoring your body and asking for consent uh, first. You know, if, if, for example, you're in downward dog and they think that there could be something that they could do through hands-on assistant to help give you more spaciousness in the back, um, but that might not be something that feels good or feels safe to you. Um, and you might want to have a conversation with them prior before you come so that you feel safe to say, well, actually, 
I would prefer, you know, if there is an adjustment to be made, if you could offer verbal cues and instruction or to demonstrate rather than to um, put your hands on my back or my shoulders or, or otherwise. Um, so, yeah, just have have a little bit of a think of, of a few things um, on that front. And, and you can probably also um, look up online like a checklist, <laughs> checklist of things to to bring to a class. But that's absolutely something um, that a yoga teacher could could work with with you on. Um, and it's also something that I feel incredibly um, passionate about. And they are conversations that I really enjoy having having um with with students um so yeah that's uh, and to be honest with you when I look at my um development as a yoga teacher and my goals later down the line I always actually have had a real interest in addiction recovery specifically and and maybe I can talk about that more um in a in a future episode um and it's it's largely based on my own experiences um, for myself personally, but also people I've been close to in in my life, understanding the road to addiction, understanding what addiction is physically, psychologically, um, emotionally, um, and the relationships between addiction and uh, early life trauma, um, I find really, really interesting and I think I've in my own lifetime experimented a lot with different modalities of treatment so you know talking therapies um, yoga meditation journaling all different kinds of things and um, yeah so it's just it's a it's a real it's a real passion area for me and um, I, I really, really welcome outreach actually from new students, friends, anyone else who just fancies a conversation outside of the yoga room as well on, um, on that topic in particular. And then finally, you know, let's look at kind of emotional, spiritual goals um, a little bit more. So other things that someone may wish to to work on would be just feeling. <laughs> and I, this is an emotional goal, right? Feeling more deeply. So you may actually be looking for a yoga practice that incorporates um, emotional cues. So things like, you know, taking some space in between poses to come back to the breath and do a little bit of, um, you know, internal reflection. So those kind of cues may be, you know, to check in with yourself um, you know, and in the same way we scan the body for sensation, I believe we can also scan both the mind and the body for emotions, you know, so being able, you know, looking to understand how am I feeling, you know, what, what, what emotion would I put to this state, 
um, that I'm currently in? Is it happiness, sadness? Is there anger? If yes, where am I feeling that in the body? Um, is it a tightness in my throat? Is it um, what feels like a lump in my belly? Is it elation through my fingertips? You know, strengthening the mind-body connection and beginning to understand the body in relation to our emotions and also being able to identify our emotions. One thing I know that I have really struggled with in the past is being able to um, describe how I'm feeling. You know, one thing that I was doing for many, many years is I couldn't differentiate between different emotions in a single moment. It just used to be I'm fine or I'm just kind of lots of things and it would almost be like an emotional clumping, you know, and I, I couldn't really differentiate between, okay, well, I'm happy about this, I'm a bit overwhelmed about that, and I'm curious about this, and all of those things could be happening at the same time. But what I was experiencing for so long is I was only experiencing the physical, and I couldn't really process the emotional complexity. I would just have a stomach ache <laughs> rather than feeling uh, any given one of those things and understanding myself very well. So I think one thing that can be really powerful as an exploration is in yoga is strengthening that mind-body connection and doing almost kind of like an an emotional um, scan of of what is going on for you and you know the other thing that I've also mentioned in the past my own yoga practice and and maybe it begins to make more sense as I give context as to my own um, as to my own history and, and interest in yoga um, is that I incorporate journaling and it is for exactly that reason. For me, learning emotional expression and also being able to identify my own feelings and create safety for myself to be able to feel them was a long practice and it's a continued practice for me and that's very often why I incorporate journaling with my yoga because in yoga I might identify emotions and I, I'll feel them in my body. One of the ways that I find really effective for me to express those feelings is to also journal on them, right? And it looks different on different days. Sometimes I express my feelings by going for a run or by going boxing or um, all all manner of things or, or, ex or ex expressing them as emotions, right? Laughter, crying, um, you know, uh, and any, any number, um, of, of things, but that is also a really valid yoga goal to bring to a yoga teacher. So if there's any misconception around, you know, coming to yoga because you just want to touch your toes, you know, like a flexibility or mobility goal, which is also fine. Um, you know, it, it can be more, varied and nuanced um, than just the physical side of things. And finally, spiritual. Now, gosh, again, this is so all-encompassing and <laughs> could, could cover so many things. But when I think spiritual, for sure, I think about meditation as a practice and you could be working with a yoga teacher um, in the context of working towards 
a meditation goal or just to deepen your practice of meditation. So you may actually say, listen, I would love to do a 50 minute practice once a week. I would love for 30 minutes of that to be an exploration of meditation. I'm trying to deepen my meditation practice or um, experiment with different styles of meditation because there are so many. There is just sitting quietly. There is mantra meditation. There is guided meditation, visualization. You know, yoga nidra may sit in that bucket somewhere um, as well. Depending, I'm sure. I feel like that would be hotly debated, but <laughs> for me, it's closer to meditation than it is other things. Um, but you, you know, you 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 may have an interest in in meditation and be exploring that space and getting curious and and interesting to try. Uh, to try uh, different things. Um, same with breathing practices, actually, um, and and connecting with with the breath. So it may be more of a um, seated practice where you're working with your yoga instructor to unlock new techniques um, that you could be using. The other side, though, is conversations on philosophy and learning history you know, so, um, gosh, as, as an example, let's say that you were interested in learning more about Ayurveda or, um, about the koshas, okay, which are kind of the, um, the layers of energy that, um, that exist outside of the body as per kind of ancient yogic tradition. Um, I won't talk about those in detail today, but at a very base level, it's believed that yes, there is the um, the the physical body, and you may also have an inner sense, right, and then a physical outer sense on your skin, um, but then also layers outside of that that transcend um, the physical, right. And things that you may have experienced in the past, just to give a really oversimplified physical example, if you have ever felt your ears hurt from pressure on an aeroplane, right, that might be an example of you experiencing subtle or not so subtle things (laughs) that are happening outside of your, um, body, right. And it's kind of the space between, your physical existence and something that's further away from you. So, you know, that that might be something that you're interested in learning about, that you're interested in, that you want to explore as part of your yoga practice, right? Thinking about the space around you and moving through space. And I think that can be embodied physically really beautifully. So again, if you're interested in history, tradition, spirituality, um, all of all of that good stuff. Again, that is something you can work with a yoga teacher um, on during those those one-to-one sessions. The last thing I'll add talking about private classes is you know, I think the other thing to discuss with your yoga teacher up front in terms of how they typically run them is 
do you want them to be more workshop style? So a, a workshop style one-to-one would be, you know, you might at the start of the class spend two to three minutes having a conversation about any one of those goals. Maybe you've already briefed your yoga teacher, but perhaps you come to class today to say, oh, I was particularly interested in this theme that you mentioned last week, can we work with that? Or, you know, I really enjoyed that emotional practice last week. Can we do a little bit more of that today? So, you know, there might be an initial consultation and you might find actually that there's a lot of dialogue during the class, right? In a way that's quite different to if you're in a physical, uh, sorry, in a in a group um, yoga setting where you, there'd be less one-to-one back and forth <laughs> between between you and the teacher. It could be an environment where you actually really like to pause the class at moments, ask questions, dwell longer. So if a teacher has cued, let's go to down dog, you might want to say, is it okay actually if we work while we're in this pose, work on the alignment, can you give me some feedback can we can we practice this a little bit before we progress the class further? So you might really enjoy that. I think the trade-off can be a little bit atmospheric, <laughs> you know, because you're you're learning as much as you are experiencing. And I think that's the big um difference if if you're having that kind of a one to one class is that you're 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 learning information you're you're using the mind and actually the benefit in situations like that will really be how it will transform your yoga practice outside of that one-to-one session so if you do want to interrupt the class and spend 5 minutes kind of workshopping your down dog together that you know that's the benefit of a one to one yoga class um likely by the end of it you you may you know not be breathing in sync with your movements and you may have kind of stepped a little bit out of that yogic space but it will increase the quality of your yoga experience the next time that you come to a mat, whether it's in a one-to-one class or in a group setting. Um, So that's the first thing. The other, though, can just be that you brief your yoga teacher to say, you know, these are the things that I would really like extra focus on. I think the meditation example I gave earlier is is a good one. Let's say that you have a 50-minute or even 30-minute session with your yoga instructor where you've had maybe some conversation prior, but that 30 minutes that you spend together is uninterrupted, right? It's something customized and designed based on the goals that you have. In that 30 minutes, you can really go inwards uh, reflect, enjoy, explore without interruption. And then at the end of that time, come together with your yoga teacher to debrief on how you find found it, what was difficult, any questions that you may have for them on um, adjustments, if there was anything that felt uncomfortable or things that you really enjoyed so that um, they can craft more of, of that type of um, uh, material for you the next time that you have together. So again, these are all things for for you to reflect on um, uh, a little bit and to explore. You know, if you are interested in looking for one to one yoga um, tuition as your as you're working as you're working with someone.
cannot believe we are already at the end of the episode. I had actually wanted to cover more topics with you today, but there was so much to say on the topic of private yoga um, tuition. So I I hope that may have um, answered some questions that you that you have or curiosity or, or giving you some things to reflect on if it is something um, that you are considering. If you have questions around practicing private yoga tuition with me, yes, that is something that I offer and um, hopefully you've gotten a flavor in the podcast today of, of what that uh, could look like. Um, you know, if nothing else, hopefully you've learned I'm incredibly flexible um, in terms of in terms of how how we shape that and also how we price that I don't have fixed um, one hour 90 minute 30 minute slots and um, and price ranges so um, if if you're interested reach out to me make an inquiry and um, we'll we'll see what we can do I would I would love to to practice one-to-one more because it's it's really fulfilling and exciting as a teacher you know one of the things that um is different one-to-one versus in a class is in a class you don't get that much feedback because <laughs> people come in quietly and leave quietly <laughs> and the only feedback you really get is if people are coming back that usually means that they liked it um but I think it's really, really rewarding as a, as a yoga teacher to work with people one-to-one because you are also getting really good feedback um, on your teaching as well and, and learning a little bit more about what works for other people and for other bodies, you know, because I only have my own, my own body as a physical um, feedback mechanism for some of the things that I'm, that I'm trying out. So it's, it's awesome to be able to work with people. Um, yeah. All right. I will wrap us up and uh, charge into the weekend. I am moving house today, which um, is so funny at the start of the episode to kind of say, oh, I'm feeling much less stressed after the wedding. I promise you, I am I was so much more stressed about the wedding than I am about the house move. I'm feeling all of the good things about the, about the house move. Um, but it does mean I'm going to start to be in a new physical space for all of the Yoga with Molly content for from next month onwards. So my first job today when we get into the new house is uh, I'm going to go in um, with my filming equipment and see if I can find find my yoga spot. That's the first thing that I want to um, that I want to mark <laughs> when we get into the new place. Um, so stay tuned for that. I will let you know how how the house move went next week. Otherwise, stay safe and healthy. There's a big storm supposedly coming to the UK um, today, so I hope everyone stays stays safe and and well. Um, if that is something that's affecting you. And I will speak to you this time next week.